0: all right well good evening everybody it's good to see y'all and uh, thank you for coming out if you're here in person and if you're watching online thank you for tuning in if this is your first time watching my name is wade and we're glad to have you but welcome to grace community church wednesday night service and uh, let me pray for us and then we'll get into tonight's message father i just thank you for another opportunity to get up here and uh Preach what you've laid on my heart this week. Lord, I just pray for everybody that's here and everybody that's watching online that you would just open our minds, Lord, and open our hearts to receive what it is that you want to tell us tonight. Lord, I pray that you help us to just take all the stress of the day, Lord, all the worries and the cares that we have, and just lay them aside for a few minutes and just focus on you, Lord, and to actually hear your voice and actually be able to understand what you're saying to us. Lord, I just pray for everybody that's traveling, that you would keep them safe, Lord, and bring them back home safely. I pray for everybody, Lord, that's at home with sickness. I just pray for for healing for them, Lord, so that you can help them to get back in here. And Lord, I just pray for everybody that has lost loved ones. I pray that you'd comfort them, Lord, and help them to grieve in a way that uh, brings them closer to you, God, and not further from you. Lord, we just thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and we'll get on into tonight's message. Uh, if you were here last week, mainly what we talked about was listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, listening to that still, small voice that's constantly trying to give us direction in the right direction, if we'll just listen to Him and do what He says. But, uh, you know, a lot of what we talked about last week, the problem is uh, that the Holy Spirit is not... Forceful, you know, he don't yell at us and give us ultimatums or commands. Uh, he just talks to us in a still small voice, with suggestions that would help us every time if we would listen to him and take his advice. You know, he used an example last week about the the tire on my van. You know, I fought with that thing for months, airing it up every day and just getting frustrated with it and complaining about it every day for about four months. But from day one, you know, that still small voice was telling me, just get another tire, you know. But I kept putting him off, putting him off, just brushing it off and not listening to him. But then one day, you know, something amazing happened and I I did finally listen to him. And 20 minutes later, you know, my tire was fixed. And uh, that's what we talked about last week. He's always in our ear telling us, if you'll just do this, it'll be better. If you'll just do this, you know, that will go away. But since He don't yell at us and He's not forceful, then He's easy for us to just dismiss. And uh, we call that grieving the Holy Spirit. But if we will listen to Him and actually listen to what He's saying and not be stubborn like I was and uh, do what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, then that fixes a lot of things in our life. You know, like for me it was that tired, but like I said last week, I think a lot of us have things in our life Uh, Just nag at us every day that would just go away if we would just simply do whatever it is He's telling us to do with it. You know, finally admit that this thing is a problem and uh, just do what God's telling you to do about it. And that was, at the end of the message, I said that was our homework last week. You know, what is it for you in your life that you need to come face-to-face with and admit that this is a problem and bring it to God and let Him help you deal with it so that it's not a problem anymore. It's not affecting your relationships and your attitude anymore. Uh, you know, when you've got a, a thorn in your side like that, something that nags at you every day, it really does, it really does affect who we are. You know, it affects our attitude, and it, it affects how we treat other people. And it, it affects, you know, how we perform at work. It affects how we are at home with our loved ones. And it also affects how we serve the Lord. So I hope you really did that homework last week and uh, identified whatever it is that's nagging you every day, that's still in your focus. And I hope you brought it to the Lord and asked Him to help you with it. Uh, You know, I hope you told Him, I'm tired of it, still in my joy and my focus and my purpose. And uh, I know if you did do that, that God will help you get freedom from whatever that is and help you get victory over it instead of being a slave to it. But uh if you missed that message last week you can find it on our Facebook page or YouTube or on the Podbean. But tonight's message it goes right along with last week's message, but it's talking more about willful disobedience and uh <coughs> than it is talking about something that's just nagging you. And I'll I'll go into quite a bit of detail about that. You know, it's like Like you're just opposing God and trying to be mean and being disobedient on purpose. But uh, most of what we talked about last week wasn't sin. You know, most of what we talked about last week was just things that we deal with on a daily basis that, you know, get on your nerves or nag at you and just make life difficult. Uh, Things that we didn't cause, just normal everyday problems that we have in life. But what I want to talk about tonight are things that we do cause. And a lot of times we don't even know that we're causing them. And one of our main verses for tonight is going to be out of the book of James. In James chapter 4, and verse 17, it says, Therefore to him that knows to do good, and does it not, to him it is sin. Uh, and I want to make something really clear before we even get into tonight's message. You know, nothing I ever say up here is to condemn anybody or to shame anybody. But sometimes God's word, uh, when we're reading it, when we're studying it, you know, it'll shine a light on something that can be painful to hear. You know, it can be convicting. You know, I got a lot of conviction uh, this week while I was going through studying for this sermon tonight, Uh, but there's a big difference in conviction and condemnation. Conviction is just God saying, that's not right, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That's the chastening of the Lord that we talked about a few weeks ago, telling you that this is something that you need to change. You know, this is something that you need to work on. This is an area uh, that you're going in the wrong direction. So, you know, condemnation says that you're guilty for that and you're going to be punished for that. But Romans 8.1 is very clear that if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. Uh, Romans 8 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if you get that feeling in your chest, you know, that God is pointing at you, it's not to condemn you. You know, it is to convict you that this ain't right and you need to turn from it and make it right so that you can be free from it. But nothing I ever say from up here is to to condemn anybody or to bring shame on anybody. But uh, go back to James 4, verse 17 again. It says, Therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him is sin. And I believe most of us have sin in our lives, uh, willful sin, and we've gotten so used to it that we can't even see it anymore. You know, we don't recognize it as sin. And I think if most of us did recognize it, As straight-up rebellion or sin, that we wouldn't do it. But uh, every willful sin has a consequence, and every willful sin brings damage into our own lives, and it brings collateral damage into the lives of other people around us, and uh, it causes damage to our witness for Christ too. You know, if we're doing things that are bringing damage to somebody else's life, and we call ourselves a Christian. And that's a direct reflection on Christ Himself. Some of you might remember I did a a whole message about a year ago, I believe it was about a year ago, on collateral damage and uh, what it does when we're living in disobedience to the Lord. So tonight, I want to talk about being obedient in small things. And uh, by the end of this message, I hope you'll, you'll see like I did this week, that there really are no small things when it comes to disobedience they may look small to us but what God says he actually means and he wants us to do those things Uh, I think we all do pretty good at being obedient in the big things you know we've all heard the Ten Commandments or at least I hope you've heard of the Ten Commandments but uh, you know I don't think anybody that's here tonight is gonna leave here tonight and go out and kill somebody or commit murder so we're pretty good at the big ones. But what I want to talk about tonight is the small things that God asked us to do. You know, are we doing those things? You know, a good example of that is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. It says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. You know, do we really do that on a daily basis in our, in our everyday walk? You know, do we, go to the work, do we go to work every day with the attitude that I'm doing this? for Jesus I'm going to work to serve you today Lord you know how many of us go to work with that kind of mindset or do we go to work complaining about our job complaining about the people that we work with complaining about our co-workers you know it don't really it don't matter what job we have you know we should be doing it like we're doing it for Jesus himself you know it don't matter if I'm out here picking up rocks that are covered up in mud, and moving them around trying to get the the driveway to quit flooding. You know, if I'm doing it like I'm doing it for Jesus himself, and that's what I try to do, uh, no matter what I'm doing, I try to picture this thing in my head where Jesus actually comes to me in person and says, hey, Wade, would you mind doing this for me? And then when I look back at whatever task it is I have at hand, you know, it takes on a whole new meaning because it don't matter If Jesus walks up to me personally and asks me to do something, I'm going to be like, yes, Lord, I'll do anything you ask me to do. And that's what we're supposed to look at our task as, as if Jesus asked us to do it himself. That's what that verse means. Uh, And when we look at it that way, it makes it a lot easier to do some things. Uh, It makes it a lot easier to work with people that we don't like working with, you know, some people are just really hard to work with, and I get that. But we've got to remember who we're doing it for, and if we're doing it as the Bible says to do it, we should be doing it for the Lord Jesus. <coughs> Jesus says, you know, we need to go in there and work in these conditions wherever your job is. You know, we all have different jobs. Uh, your job's different than mine. Nobody in here, I don't think, works in the same place. But it don't matter where your job is. Jesus says we need to go in there and work in these conditions, whatever they are, without complaining. And be kind to the people that we work with so that they can see a difference in you. You know, they, they ought to be able to tell if we are following Christ that we're different. We're not complaining. We're working hard. We're trying to do a good job. And sooner or later, they're going to ask you about it. And uh, then we can introduce them to Jesus. We can tell them why we're different. We can tell them why we're not complaining. We can tell them why we're working harder than everybody else. Because they will get curious, and they will ask you at some point. And that's why God wants us to to work like that and to treat people like that, so that they will one day ask us why. Or maybe you're just a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. You know, do you look at it that way? Do you look at it like Jesus asked you to care for the people in your house for him? You know, just like I do when I've got something to do. Just envision in your head that Jesus comes up to you and says, I want you to take care of these people for me. Because he does. He does ask us to do that. He asks us to be an example of how we should treat other people. You know, keep the house clean so that you can train up your children to know how these things are supposed to be done. So that when they grow up, they'll keep their house clean too. And I don't mean just tell them to do it. Jesus asked us to do things with people. You know, he he was our example all through the New Testament. If you look at, at the things he did, just like washing the disciples' feet, just like everything he asked them to do, he did himself first. So we don't just tell them to go clean your room, but we tell them, come on, let, you know, let's go clean your room together And uh, until they're able to do it on their own. And we do that. We should do that. In any job that we're a part of, we shouldn't just be, you know, commanding people to do things. We should work with them, show them how to do it with them. You know, that's what Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, train a child, not command a child. And to train somebody, like I said, you have to do it with them until they're able to do it on their own. That's how we can be an example. We're not an example just by pointing out things and commanding people to do them. But when we help them learn how to do it, working with them, then that's how we can be an example. That's how we train them. That's how they will know which way to go when they get older. And that's not just cleaning your room. That's in your faith. We should walk our faith out with them instead of just you know expecting them to grow their faith on their own uh you know i tell you all the time especially if you're new in the faith the best way to grow in the lord is to simply be obedient to him in what you know you know if only if all you know is thou shalt not lie then make it your point to be the best not a liar in the room you know obey what you do know and then god will show you something else and i always tell you uh That Matthew chapter 5 verses, I mean, uh, chapter 5 through chapter 7, that is the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. You know, just little one line things that Jesus said that gives us something to obey. Uh, I just picked one of them out there to use for an example tonight. But it's just simple things that we can use to start being obedient to the Lord. But in Matthew 5, verses 43 and 44, Jesus says, You have heard that it has been said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, just like Colossians 3.23, how many of us actually do that? How many of us actually pray for our enemies, how many of us you know actually have an enemy or somebody that we consider an enemy of ourselves who we'll go to God in prayer and say, "Lord, I know that you're only like that because they don't know you. I know they're being controlled by the enemy and being held hostage by him, and I pray Lord that you would speak to their heart and that they would hear you and surrender their life to you so that they could be set free from that and be born again with your spirit in them." and become a brother or sister in Christ instead of an enemy to me. You know, how many of us are actually (coughs) praying that for people? That's not easy to do, but that's what God asks us to do. Uh, You know, I had people in my life that I had to do that for, and they're no longer enemies. That works. But we're so stubborn and prideful that we don't want to do that. We're disobedient in it. You know, condemning someone for what they've done Is not going to change who they are. It just makes them worse. That makes them an even worse enemy. But Jesus will change them. You know, what Jesus is saying in those verses, He's saying, I've come to set up my kingdom where there will be no hate, where there will be no judgment, and where there will be no condemnation. Will you help me do that? That's what He's saying. Will you help me build my kingdom? Will you help me? Bring that into existence. You know, you forgive them for me, for my sake, is what he's saying. Just as I have forgiven you. In Ephesians 4 and verse 32, that's what Paul is saying. He's telling us, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Or, will you be like the enemy who accuses people before God day and night? That's what the book of Revelation says about Satan in Revelation 12 and verse 10. uh, It says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brother is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So we can be like the first part of that verse and we can be part of salvation and strength and help Jesus build the kingdom of our God through the power of Christ. Or we can be like the last part of that verse and be like their true enemy and accuse people before God day and night. And uh, sad to say, we see more of that. So are we going to pray for somebody who's struggling in sin? Because no matter who our enemy is or what they're doing, that is the cause of it. Or are we going to, you know, we can either pray for them or are we going to post it all over social media for the whole world to see? You know, to get back at them, to bring shame and condemnation on them. You know, that is not the Christ-like thing to do. That is what the enemy does. You know, and I get it. Nobody likes to be sinned against. Nobody likes being done wrong. But accusation and judgment and condemnation is not the answer, no matter what they've done to us. That's how the enemy wants us to handle it, because that's how he handles it. God wants us to handle it the way he does. He wants us to forgive. God commands us to forgive. So when it comes to that, we're either obeying God or we're joining the enemy. You know, maybe you're not gossiping or posting anything on social media. But what are your thoughts about them? Even if you're not doing those things outwardly, God knows what we're doing inwardly. Uh, a good example of that is 1 John chapter 3, and verse 15. It says, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So if you're choosing in your heart to hang on to hate for somebody, you are judging them and you are condemning them. And condemned means a death sentence. That's what condemned means. So the Bible says if you're doing that in your heart, you are a murderer. And that's exactly what it says about the enemy. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, he's talking to the the Pharisees. He says, You are a father of the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You know, that's really serious stuff. We can be forgiving and be like God, be like Jesus Christ, our Savior, or we can condemn people and judge people and hold hatred to them in our hearts and be like the very one that we don't want to be like. We'll be like Satan himself. You know, that is really serious stuff. Even if we're not doing those things outwardly, God sees what's in our hearts. In First Samuel... <coughs> Chapter 16 and verse 7, that's what it says. It says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So God just don't see what we're doing. He sees why we're doing it. And he sees what we're thinking. God knows if our hearts are full of bad things. Uh, Proverbs 23 and verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, but his heart is not with you. So what are your thoughts like? You know, God sees them. And that is really heavy stuff. And, you know, our thought life, we think it's so private. Nobody knows what I'm thinking. And we don't, but God does. And we need to be mindful of that. It's not okay to have thoughts like that and keep them and choose to think like that, uh, and that, like I said, that's some really heavy stuff. We'll talk about some lighter stuff uh, for a little while, but keep that in the back of your head. Uh, I've got a good example. Remember the verse we started with, James 4:17. Therefore, to him that knows to do good, and does it not, to him it is sin. You know if we know what to do you know we know the right thing to do but we choose not to do it that is sin to us uh i'll tell you a little something else about myself back when i was still drinking and i was still with my wife this was a long time ago it don't seem like it was but i was thinking about it while i was getting this message ready it was almost 10 years ago now like I said I was still with my wife and I was still drinking I wasn't going to church or anything but I was still reading my Bible back then I just wasn't living it and I remember reading this verse and God really started working on me with it because I knew a lot of good things to do and I wasn't doing hardly any of them but uh, a good example of that is we had a dog you know and whoever got up first had to let the dog out maybe you got a dog maybe you will do that too but most of the time, I'd wake up first, but I wouldn't get up because I didn't want to get up to let the dog out. You know, I was too lazy. I was like, oh, she can do that, you know. So I'd act like I was still asleep, and I'd poke her till she woke up. And then she had to take the dog out. And uh, I think that's a good example of that. You know, God started convicting me about that after I'd read that verse, and I knew that it wasn't right anymore. And God said, you know that's not right. You're just being lazy. So I finally decided to start doing what was right. And uh, from then on, I would intentionally get up first just so I could take the dog out first so she wouldn't have to do it. And just something that simple, that brought about a major change in her. You know, she wasn't getting up mad because she had to take the dog out. She got to sleep in a little more, and she started waking up in a good mood. And uh, things worked really well there for a long time just because I was doing— what God said was the right thing to do you know was that sin me laying there and uh it sounds like a little simple thing and you know not wanting to take the dog out but was that sin yeah it was sin because I knew the right thing to do and I chose not to do it so yeah it was sin if I know the right thing to do and don't do it uh I'm glad I did that you know Because I can remember her getting up happy those days. You know, I wound up losing my wife, but it wasn't because of that. But, you know, probably the years before that, all the things that I knew to do and didn't do them. A lot of times we like to blame the other person because things didn't work out. But I know for a fact I was just as guilty as she is. We both knew the right things to do and didn't do them. But yes, the answer to that, it was sin because I'm choosing to do the wrong thing. And when I choose to do the wrong thing, there's always negative consequences because I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit or that still small voice that we talked about last week. Uh, You know, think about your own home life. If you get home first and God is prompting you to do this first so he or she don't have to do it when they get home, do it because if God lays it on your heart and you choose not to do it that really is sin you know if you come in and there's a sink full of dishes and you know they're having a hard day themselves and God lays it on your heart to do that before they get home do it the Bible says if you know that's right and you don't do it it's sin you know I tried that at home but I lived by myself and it did not work my dishes were still there Uh, I tried anyway But, you know, if you don't, the Bible says that is sin. And the more we allow that mindset to rule in our hearts like I did and lay there and don't get up and let the dog out, the more we become numb to it. And that's what I meant at the beginning of the message. (coughs) We'll be living our lives with all kinds of sin uh, in our lives and not even be aware of it anymore. At first, you know, the Holy Spirit will tell us that's not right. But the first time we allow it, the next time, it's going to be easier to allow. And the more we allow it over and over, we'll just get comfortable with it. And eventually, we don't have to allow it anymore because we're not convicted about it. We're not convicted by it anymore. We don't see anything wrong with it anymore because we've quenched the Holy Spirit so long. Now, we've got out of fellowship with Him, and we're no longer being led by the Holy Spirit but we went back to being led by our old sin nature again. you know. And like I tell you all the time, that don't mean you lost your salvation, but you're not living for the Lord anymore either. It's that easy to fall out of fellowship with God when the Holy Spirit keeps talking to us and talking to us and we just keep ignoring Him and ignoring Him until it gets fainter and fainter and fainter until we're back in control again. We're being back to led by our own wants, our own desires and our own lust, and not being led by the will of God anymore. Uh, that's called complacency in our faith. We did a message on that a while back too. That's going backwards to what it talks about in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans 12:2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But when we start allowing things, when we start knowing this is right, but I just don't feel like it right now, when we start doing that, then we're going backwards from being renewed in our minds by the Holy Spirit to being conformed again to the world and being controlled by our own nature instead of God's. Like I said, it's a slow fade. It's so slow you might not even notice it until you're 100 miles down the road and like, huh. I haven't been to church in weeks. You know, that sounds drastic, but that's how it happens. We just allow little things over and over and over. So if you start seeing yourself giving in to laziness or the desires of your flesh, you can be assured that you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, That's what Galatians 5 and verse 16 says. It says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if you see yourself fulfilling the lust of the flesh, then you're not walking in the Spirit anymore. We are going backwards. Uh, I can't stress it enough that being obedient in small things, you know, that is the very bedrock of our faith. It's by being obedient in the smallest things that we either strengthen our faith and strengthen our relationship with the Lord or we damage it, you know, by brushing the little things off and being disobedient to them because they just don't seem important to us. It don't seem like that really matters. That's no big deal. But it does matter. You know, that mindset, if you're getting into a mindset like that, will have you opposed to God and in enmity with God very quickly. Uh, you know, that's what enmity means. We've been talking about that for the last few weeks. That is knowing what's right, but opposing God and saying, Man, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. I know what you say, but I'm going to do it my way. Philippians 2 and verse 5, it says we should have this mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when we stop doing that, when we stop having the mind of Christ, that whatever the Father says, I'm going to obey, that was the mind that was in Christ. It didn't matter what the Father asked him to do. He said, I'm here to do the will of my Father. And when we stop having the mind of Christ, When we stop being obedient to God in these small things, then we're going to wind up far from Him. It's in the small things that we prove to God that we're going to be obedient. And it's in the small things, and catch this, when we start being obedient in the small things, that's when God proves Himself faithful. And it's in the small things that you'll start seeing the evidence in your life that God rewards obedience. If we're faithful in being obedient in small things, then we'll start seeing God reward our obedience in those small things, and that starts building up our faith. You know, we want to do big, amazing things in our lives, but we still brush off the little things, and we think they don't matter whether we're obedient to them or not. But Jesus says in Luke chapter sixteen and verse ten that He is, that is faithful in that which is the least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So if we're obedient in the small things, God will keep on giving you bigger things. And there's no limit how far you can go in your faith by being obedient to the Lord. But going the other direction, if we're disobedient in the small things, there's no limit how far we will go from the Lord in disobedience. You know, we got to pay attention to the small things. We can't just obey big things and think all this other stuff doesn't matter. It really does. You know, we either build our faith into a strong tower by being obedient little by little, brick by brick, or we're going to tear it down brick by brick, being disobedient. Uh, and we can't be envious of anybody else's walk with the Lord. We see people that have been following the Lord for years, and we want to be there when we're here. But they got there by being obedient in the little things. Like I said, when you obey this, God will give you some more and some more and some more. Uh, God's not a respecter of persons, and that person that you want to be like, maybe they are being obedient in the small things, but you still say in your heart don't matter. It's not their fault that you're where you are. It's our own fault. If we're not growing in our faith, we need to take a look inside. Am I really being obedient in these small things? Because they do matter. If God Almighty, the creator of the universe, has laid it on your heart that something is wrong and you choose to do it anyway, uh, James 4.17 says that is sin, plain and simple. It don't matter how small, how seemingly unimportant it looks to you, If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. You know, we can't argue with God. He is the one in control. Uh, But if we say, if God says it's wrong and we choose to do it anyway, that is rebellion against God and it is sin. Uh, I want to give you a simple example in closing. And I think this will help you understand that being obedient in small things a whole lot better. Uh, I want y'all to think about probably the worst sin you can think of that anybody could commit. Or it don't even have to be a sin. Just think about the worst thing that could happen to somebody. You know, adultery or rape or murder or whatever comes to your mind. What is the worst possible thing that you can imagine? Get that in your head and then listen to this. You know, there were two trees. (coughs) There were two trees in the Garden of Eden. And God said, don't eat from that tree. You know, that's a very simple command. That's a very seemingly unimportant statement. But they ate from that tree. That seems really small, doesn't it? But being disobedient to that one simple thing, (coughs) that brought every evil, sinful, painful thing that you have ever experienced into existence. (coughs) And it's just as important to obey when God says, don't say that to somebody, you're gonna hurt their feelings. Or don't put that on social media, they're already a victim. You know, don't, don't make it worse for them, pray for them. You know, don't bring more shame on them. God don't say anything that he don't mean. Uh, obedience in the small things does matter. It matters a great deal. You know, every act of disobedience that we do, that that allows and that brings a little more evil into the world. And every act of obedience brings a little more of Jesus Christ himself into the world. This world's got enough evil in it. You know, let's be obedient and bring more Jesus into it. Let's be obedient in the small things. Including our thought lives. You know, let's purify our thought lives. Let's do like it says in Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. It says, Cast down imaginations. That's our thoughts. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's how we purify our thought life. That's how we. Stop being disobedient in small things. We bring our thoughts to Christ. You know, we cast those things down and bring them them to obedience instead of being obedient to them. We have to flip it. Instead of being obedient to bad thoughts, we need to bring bad thoughts to the obedience of Christ. That's how we overcome that. We bring those bad thoughts to God and let him purify our minds, like Romans 12:2 says, instead of going backwards and being conformed back to the world. Every act of disobedience, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, it starts in our minds. And if we'll do what that verse right there is telling us and bring those things to God, especially when the Holy Spirit's bringing it to your attention that that's not right, Bring it to God. He'll help you obey it, even if you don't want to at the time. Uh, We all have a choice whether we're going to bring it to God or just obey the bad thought. And uh, like I said, every act of disobedience, it does bring a little more evil into the world. And there's enough in this world. Uh, So what is a good thing that you know you should be doing that you're not doing in your life? whatever that is, that is sin, you know? Do it. If God lays it on your heart, be obedient. We can't willingly sin and uh, not expect consequences from it. But that's what God gave me this week and I hope that really helps somebody understand that, you know, that's how all this got started. God said, don't eat that. That's a simple thing. That brought about every sin, every horrible thing we can think of. Just that simple act of disobedience. So every little thing God lays on your heart does matter. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God in you, it's almost impossible to be obedient to Him. So I always like to ask, uh, or to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ if you never have. And it's real simple to do. You know, I tell you every week, all you need to do is know in your heart that you have a need for a Savior. Know that your relationship with God is not right. And if you're not, then nobody has to tell you that. You already know it. But it's really simple. All you've got to do is cry out to God and say, God, I know I need a Savior. I know I need to be forgiven. And I ask you to come into my heart and save me. And if you'll do that, God will meet you right where you are. And He will save you. And I always like to give you some scripture to go along with that. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you have chose to do that today, if you've asked Jesus into your heart to become your Savior and be your Lord, the Bible says tell somebody about it, and when you do that open confession with your mouth and tell somebody, today I've gave my life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are saved, and Jesus will write your name in the Lamb's book of life, and you have eternal life to look forward to, but don't ever let anybody tell you you've gone too far, you're too dirty, you've been too simple, God don't want you anymore, Romans 10, 13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And one of my favorite verses is Romans 5, 8. It says, God showed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I heard all my life, you need to straighten up and go to church. Straighten up and go to church. That's, that is backwards. We can't straighten up on our own. We need God's help. We need the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, we don't know which way to go or we would have already went. But God knows we're all sinners. He knows we're born with a sin nature. That's why he sent Christ to save us from that. God don't look down on us because we're sinners. He came to save us because we are sinners. So don't let anybody tell you you're too bad to come to God. God loves you right where you are, and he will meet you right where you are. And I hope that you do that, and uh, ask him into your heart today. And if you have done that today and you don't know where to go from here, you can call our church number anytime and, uh, or come in person and somebody will be more than glad to help you get involved and plugged in to where you can start your, your new life in Christ but thank y'all again for coming out and uh, I hope you got something out of tonight's message and I hope uh, you have a better appreciation of, of being obedient in small things because small things, they really do matter but let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you for the message you gave us tonight. I know I really need that in my own life. And Lord, I just believe everybody here could use it too. And Father, I just pray that you'll help us not only to hear it, but I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to, to remember it and put it into practice, God, and uh, make it a point, be intentional about being obedient to you. And when we know what the right thing to do is, God, I pray that you'd give us the courage to do it. And uh, when we're struggling with doing the right thing, Father, when we have those bad thoughts, I pray that you'd help us to bring them to you and uh, bring those into obedience instead of being obedient to them. God, we just thank you that you do love us, that you did come to save us, and uh, we love you back. And it's in Jesus' holy name I do pray. Amen.